0: Hi there. This is Curtis Dieter. Like all of you, I am many things. A husband, a father, and a son. I'm a hard worker and a dreamer. A writer and a publisher. But underneath everything, I am made of rust and glass. You are listening to Proud to Be of Rust and Glass, a podcast series of conversations surrounding the creative journey and all the good and ill associated with making great art in the Midwest. It is the human side of colors brushed onto canvas of words scribbled between covers, of sweat and grit bled into telling our stories. Real stories about real people doing what we love best, making great art. Welcome to today's episode of Proud to Be of and Glass, where I have the pleasure of speaking with Johnny McIntyre. Johnny is Lucas County's first ever female poet laureate and one of Northwest Ohio's hardest working poets. And if you ask me, she's a darn good poetry editor, too. Johnny, it's so great to have you. Thanks for taking the time to talk today.
1: Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: I think the first time I met you was actually at a workshop in Point Place for Ode to the Zip Code, which is a yearly contest that Fair Housing Center puts on. That's right. That was... I think five years ago,
1: maybe? Yes, the in BC before COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not
0: really sure how I even found my way there, to be honest with you, but I was there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not much of a poet, but you were able to inspire me to submit to a poetry contest. Yeah. The first one and only one I've ever submitted to. Yeah. And we've both really come a long way since then, haven't we? Uh,
1: you know, one of the other participants in that writing workshop was one of the winners that year. Okay. So... So Writing you sort workshops of feather, work. You yeah, right. that feather right. in your hat. That's right. That's I, right. You
0: had to have some part in that. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We were. We were all sort of lost at the beginning, and you were able to help us all walk through all that stuff. So, Ode to the zip code. For those that don't know, is a contest that the Fair Housing Center does every year, and you create a five line poem, with each line having the number of words that are in your zip code. Right. So mine is Mommy four three five three seven. Oh, uh, nice. So I write a lot about the mommy river and the village idiot and things like that because sure. that's what comes to mind i've lived in mommy for yeah. a short amount of time but some of the things these, these these poets and you know young poets too yes come up with for their zip codes are incredible
1: yeah yeah there's some there's real power to giving words to the places that we live so much of our identity is built around where we've grown up the the beauty of those odes to the zip codes is that they can be so quick it gives you all of the thoughtfulness of poetry thinking about words mm-hmm. being very mm-hmm. precise but also talking about your neighborhood and who you are in mm-hmm. it and actually next year i'm i'm hoping to do a larger project that talks gets into more poetry about place and ultimately, hopefully, involves some poetry tours in different neighborhoods.
0: So, mm. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. It really forces you to stop and, and think critically about where you live mm-hmm. and see it sort of through a different lens than maybe you would on a day to day basis, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. While I mainly want to focus on the poetry work you do in the community, I want to also learn a little bit more about you as a poet. How did poetry find you?
1: I have a literary sort of family. My mother has always um, been a writer. she she did uh, short story writing mostly. Um, she got undergraduate fine arts degree from Bowling Green and actually she went back to college when I went to college. so but you know, and my dad always read to us like we just always had books. it's It's weird to me to walk into a house that doesn't have books, even in a digital age feels strange. It feels Mm -hmm. somehow Mm -hmm. a little cold or something. So I grew up with with books around all the time. I think one of my first memories that that I thought poetry is something special was my dad reading Alice in Wonderland to me. And, you know, you get to the Jabberwocky and you get to some of these different portions where, like, in the Jabberwocky, there are non-words, how how incredible, how incredible to write a story that's made up of words that are not words, but I you can understand it. Mm-hmm. So you know that's what I love about poetry is how language is capacitive it can it can involve everything and we can convey so much in the sounds of and the specificity of and then also sort of the non-specificity you know, I can say red, but that could mean, you know, to, to read words on a page, or it could be a color, or it could be the, the way that language can go in different directions, and we can use that to express anything. I think that's gorgeous. I think it's wonderful. So that was it. You know, I, I was kind of hooked with the play that you can have with words.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and the complexity of the, the English language and then the simplicity of it at the same time. Right. And it's just, it's, it's one of those things that's it's endless, it's bountiful, it's so much fun to play with. Yeah. How have you sort of changed as a person as, as you've evolved as a poet?
1: Because I'm still growing up, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: Aren't we all? Aren't we all,
1: right. Hopefully um, not
0: too fast. Either. Not sure
1: what I'm going to do when I'm a grown-up. Um, I think that I am still... I feel like I'm in high school as a writer. Okay. I, I've 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 learned my basics and stuff like that, but I'm still learning, and I'm still trying to find out how to not wait until the last minute. How um how <laughs> easier not, said than done. Yeah, right. Like how not to try to rush toward things. How to pace myself better. I love the creativity, but I'm terrible at the practice so that's that's something that i need to work on and the other challenge that i find is that writers aren't just writers right you can you can inhabit these different roles so you know you have some slightly different roles that you have you write but then you also do these other leadership kinds of roles setting up things like this platforms for people to talk about arts that takes some space as well so one thing that i find for myself and i don't know if you find this too but i really enjoy that i really enjoy hosting things and i i love to see other people writing and getting their work out there and growing and it's so exciting and maybe it challenges me a little less than writing my own stuff and focusing hard
0: I feel that 100%. Right.
1: So I find myself filling my day up with, oh, here's this other project and here's this other event. And I want all of those things. Mm -hmm. And then I go, oh, I haven't sent anything out. I haven't, you know, the the work of a writer, Mm -hmm. the writing part, the editing part, the kind of just slog through. I, I haven't done those. And so that's the other thing that I constantly need to kind of keep myself in check and go um are you just filling up your day because it's it's easy (laughs) reward you know right events are like cookies i I could eat them all day it's great you know but um, i i need to like every once in a while get back to try to write a poem a day or you know Mm. have a regular practice
0: Trying to figure out how to fit all of those things in and where to say no, yeah, what to say no to, hard. becomes sort of a project on its own. It does, it? Mm-hmm. and I think that's something I'm probably you said you're a high schooler as a writer. I'm probably like I'm... I'm probably a kindergartner at saying <laughs> saying no and fitting things in where I need to fit them in at this point. Yeah, but let's sort of shift over to a lot of the great work you're doing in the poetry community. Why Why do you think it's so important? for a community, you know, a you know, middle-sized city like Toledo, a Rust Belt city, quote unquote, to have a strong and thriving art scene?
1: Well, I think it goes back to the identity thing, right? So that whole concept of poem, poems about place, but it's not just poems. I mean, any kind of artwork is an expression of ourselves or an expression of our, our sense of identity and, and how we fit into the rest of the world, you know, Rust Belt cities, Midwest cities, are ultimately a collaborative effort, (laughs) you know, absolutely. I mean, when there, we are very fortunate in Toledo to have some of the businesses here that we Mm -hmm. that we do have. But we all know in the Rust Belt, businesses come and go. And the, the people who are left behind need to be able to support each other in the ways that we need to to survive so i think that a big part of arts in midwest towns really involves that sense of collaboration and not only collaboration but a sense that anyone can be a leader in that community if you want something, and, and you know this as well, but I think a lot of people know it, and I want people to know, if you want something, if you don't see something happening in Toledo, make it. You, you can start it. I mean, that's what I love about, about this area. I moved from San Francisco to here, and what I found there was, I couldn't even get into a poetry. Like, it was too intimidating. They were already set. They already had all the people. And they were way out of my list. It was too much. It's hard to grow in that environment. I had to take classes there to grow because I didn't have access to the people otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and to
0: maybe prove yourself to to some of the voices there and to to show them that you're serious. And here it is great. I I went from... You know, 2018, I had maybe one writer friend in the area. I had a couple people oh. who vaguely knew me from from right. getting my bachelor's in, in creative writing at the University of Toledo. But I sort of slacked off. I was working full time. I wasn't really serious at that time.
1: Well, I mean, that's life. That's yeah. not slacking off. Yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. And now I look, 2023, I have, I know... 800 maybe artists and writers in the Midwest and they know who I am and it's crazy because somebody like me was able to do that. Which means somebody like you or somebody like whoever's listening now can basically do whatever they want.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you can can build it and that's what's gorgeous about this place. I think the other thing, and and what you just said is really important, those 800 people were right next to you the whole time. Mm -hmm. So here's the other thing that's really wonderful about arts in our area. It's extremely rare to find someone who's just an artist right? and and makes money at it, and that's their full-time job. Right. That's rare. Now, I would love for that to be an option for more people. And, and you know, the Ohio Arts Council, um, the Arts Commission of Greater Toledo, where they have grants, I encourage people to go for it, okay? You're not going to lose anything by trying. So right. go for the grants so that you can do these projects. But... People around you who are union workers, who are, you know, wait staff, who are garbage collectors, a- any kind of thing, stay at home parents, at every level, there are artists. They might not call themselves that, right. but they care about something, they focus on it, they work on it, and it excites them to their core. That's art. So it's all around us. We just need to find these ways of reaching out. And, and letting ourselves explore that side of who we are and and see that in each other.
0: Absolutely. I think you touched on something really important, too, about a lot of, especially in the Toledo area, I've seen it a lot in other Midwest cities that we sort of have ties with now, where we're all doing so many different things, where a lot of us are, are moving different pieces of our lives out of the way so that we can do our passion, so that we mm-hmm. can make our art and there are times when it gets very difficult life gets complicated life as gets we all know do you have any experience or any advice for anyone who has maybe found themselves in maybe a difficult place in life has sort of lost sight of their art you know have has that ever happened to you and how have you gotten oh, sort of gosh. back on track
1: yeah you know n- nothing will take your hobbies away from you like kids <laughs>
0: We love our kids but <laughs> uh, no, it's very no, very no. true. <laughs> it's, it's
1: it's a wonderful trade-off but but it does change your timeline and and uh, change your focus a little bit and and rightly so. I think the biggest and most important thing is patience with yourself. I think we we get in our heads that we have to be perfect at things. Mm-hmm. You know, um sometimes what what we consume Either through media or just in a general sense, we consume these things that are that are polished, perfect little packets of artistry and stuff. You know, whatever somebody has a, a TikTok and it's the perfect little thing, and you go, there were like ten hours of editing and practicing and do it to to get this tiny clip. And we don't know that when we watch it. We just watch it and think, everybody else does these amazing things, and they don't. They work really hard, and they get to a point, and then they edit it down to this, you know? It's like an iceberg, right? It's like an iceberg. There's so much there, and you just see this little tip. Mm -hmm. But it's important to not worry about the end result. Just to start. Just anything. I used to I used to work in a corporate office and I had kids and I had, there was no time left. There was no focus left. You know, art does take focus and, and kind of getting out of your own head a little bit. I mean, it's funny. You have to crawl into your own head to think the things, <laughs> but you have to get out of your head to see what you wanna write right. about, you know? But if you set tiny goals, you know, if you're like, I'm just gonna get a journal and I'm gonna write, I'm gonna fill two pages and i'm just going to fill it and it's not just going to be you know lists of things i need to do which actually is most of my books are a list of things i need to do but something something i saw today taking that moment to just see outside of yourself can lead to little turning points i think the other thing and this is really important is to keep reading you don't have to read all the time I, it comes in waves for me i have attention span sometimes, and other times I have no attention span. But keep reading. It doesn't have to be huge things. This is why I like poetry. It's a nice little packet. You can read one or two things and just think about it.
0: You can just, read it on the go. You, you can, can read, read it read in between it. things. There's
1: there's apps, you know. I mean, there's there's all kinds of opportunities. Go to the library, get a random book of poetry out. You don't have to like it, you know. <laughs> and And just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's better than you are. Uh, you know, here's the other thing. It's not just dead guys who rhyme. You know, it it can be all kinds of things. Right. Poetry really comes to us um, through the radio. It comes through podcasts. It comes through all different kinds of media. So, you know, y- you have to kind of let yourself have an open ear to things. But it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be just a little bit every day to have that sense of self. And And that's what it really comes back to is... You know art also gives us a sense of identity. When I was working and when I had the kids it was really hard to feel like I had any edge that was my own. It was I'm an extension of these children, right. I'm an extension of this workplace, that's what I do all day long.
0: And I think it's really important even for non-artists to find that space for yourself. Yeah. too, So that you can still feel like your own human being right from time to time right it's not it often, is a but, room of
1: one's own mm-hmm. even if it's not a physical thing it has to be an emotional thing you have to have some right. space that's like yours
0: yeah I think that's vitally important for for our own sanity for our own self-identity mm-hmm. so one of the things that I wanted to ask you about as poet laureate you're doing all kinds of stuff to bolster and improve the vitality of the Lucas County poetry scene what sort of, like, big-picture ideas, plans do you have uh, for Lucas County?
1: Well, I will tell you, I think that I find that things grow best when you have many small things, okay? So I'm a little tricky about, <laughs> about my, my plans in the sense that, first of all, I want um, Toledo area, the Lucas County area, to get small pieces of attention over time. Right? So, you know, we're going to have Ohio Poetry Association involvement a little bit more in the area.
0: They do great work.
1: Yes. We're going to have a continuation of some writing workshops, the writers' workshop series that have been going on through the Toledo-Lucas County Public Library. That will continue. And I'd like to actually expand that in the next couple of years. Um, I think that's a, a, a program that we can send into schools and we can send into some different areas, so everybody has access to to some writing workshops, and you know, continuing to talk uh, about poems about place. And so there are some projects specifically around that, but. We can work on that later. Um, Another thing that I think is really, really, really important is to support the structures we already have. You don't have to build everything new every time. Here's the other thing that you learn over time, right? (laughs) You don't have to build everything, and you don't have to build it yourself. Continuing the spirit of collaboration that really uh, the Lucas County area is built on and You know, doing some different kind of ekphrastic, ekphrastic being any time that you do writing about another kind of artwork, right? You look at a painting and you write something about it, or you you write a story that's sort of based on it. But you can do that with music. I mean, ekphrastic is any kind of artwork that comes from another kind of artwork. Sounds like a
0: very active way to support other arts in yes. Lucas County I yes love it. we
1: can all engage the arts in these ways yeah there's there's a lot of stuff to do and and then just continuing to bring other poets to Toledo quietly quietly I want it to become a destination mm-hmm. and not necessarily with a big bang that's like a one-time show because then that's a memory
0: Later. As you said, we have plenty of foundation, plenty of other draws in right. the area to, to make that a reality. And right, I, I right. love that idea. And
1: even some of our locations. I re- I really want to have a um, support the Collingwood Arts Center in a mm-hmm. more, like, consistent way. I, mm-hmm. think, I think we kind of – we have these institutions, and we forget them a little bit, and they kind of take this back seat. And they don't need to. Right. They, we do have a lively arts scene. We just – We kind of talk proudly about ourselves, but not always get to the specifics. (laughs) Here's where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Here, everybody show up. Mm -hmm. We show up for each other, but it takes a minute
0: sometimes. Mm So you it does, absolutely. Yeah. So rumor has it you might have some poetry to share with us today
1: well, yeah i I'll tell you what I will just I will read you a love poem, okay, but let's keep in mind I have this I have this funny little habit whenever I write love poems. there's always a dead body in it. I'm not sure why that is, but you know, anyway, um, so uh, this. This one is called, The Devil Loves Arithmetic. And it's actually the first poem in my chapbook called Semi-Domesticated, which is out through Sheila Nagig Editions. The devil loves arithmetic. My love, you should know that I have already calculated the life insurance if you died. The partial disability, your school loan dissolved, the extra closet space and shoes near the door, an extra hook for coats. But before you bristle, know this. It has nothing to do with socks perpetually scattered on the floor, or the water glass forever dirty and in the sink. It's just the math of it all. The ease with which lives translate to numbers, and numbers fit so tidy in boxes, and spreadsheets make stacking boxes easy watching early morning news, another bombing in a foreign land where bodies that aren't ours aren't counted, followed by a school levy translated to costs per child and call in to talk. Do you think it's worth paying more? I can hear you rising from bed to bath and slow downstairs, and I can't help myself. Six, seven, Board Creek, eight, maybe Twenty-three more until you reach me.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. I could talk about the art scene in the Midwest and poetry and writing with you all day. Yeah. But I guess the last question I have for you is: Is where can people find more about what you're doing? Where can people check out your work and see the you know amazing poetry improvements that you're bringing to Lucas County?
1: All right. Well, I think the the best places to go are ToledoPoet.com. It's a website where we try to pull together all of the poetry events that are going on in the area, contests, things like that. It's just a couple of volunteers, so if you don't see it on there, let (laughs) us know, and we can add it, okay? And then I do have a website. It's johnnymcintyre.net, and I would love to be, again, better at the practice of things and constantly posting things on there. but. I, I, I update it every once in a while. And those are probably the two main places. That's, that's where I go to kind of let people know. On Facebook, there is a, a thing called Toledo Poetry Museum. And that's another one where we just, when we see events, we kind of repost uh, onto that one. I run a reading series called Uncloistered Poetry. And that also has a presence on Facebook. And so, you know, we have a live event every month and an online event every month. And so you can follow that on on Facebook and uh, toledopoet.com.
0: I love it, I love to hear it. The last thing is, do you have any sort of sage words of advice for new poets? I don't want to say young poets, but anybody who's finding themselves now in poetry?
1: I would say, read everything. Don't be afraid to read stuff that you normally wouldn't. Read everything. Read often. Try to write everything. And just don't be afraid. Go go to a reading. Go see what other people are doing. There are real people around you who <laughs> are... Just like you.
0: Sometimes five I minutes think we forget later. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think the don't be afraid is, is perfect advice to, yeah. to, to sort of end today. Thank you so much for talking with us today. I really appreciate this. This has been a fantastic conversation and I look forward to seeing what you do next.
1: Great, thank you.
0: Anytime I feel like I want to complain about how busy I am, Johnny McIntyre comes to mind. I see maybe about half of what she does. And it makes my head spin trying to keep up with all the work she's doing to promote and foster a thriving, poetic community right here in Northwest Ohio. If you're even loosely connected to that community, I'm sure you've crossed paths with her at one time or another. This has been today's episode of Proud to Be of Rust and Glass. I am your host and producer, Curtis Dieter. Our executive producer is Chris Pfeiffer. If you want to join the conversation, check us out at wgte.org backslash of and glass. Until next time, thanks for listening. Now go forth and create. WGTE. Voices around us.
1: WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.